Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creative Processing Podcast. My name is Joe Gordon-Levitt. The idea of this show is to have a conversation about the creative process. That's all inspired by one question. That question comes from you out there asking questions on the internet. And then I find a guest that I think would be good at answering that question. This week, my guest, my guests, there's two of them, are the folk duo Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. Madison Ward and Ruth Ward. This is a mother-son duo. They play fantastic music. If you've uh, if you haven't heard their music, I highly recommend you check them out. They uh, they just put out a new album called Started with the Family. It's so sweet and and just makes you feel good to hear a mother and son playing music together. And not just because they're mother and son, but they're both like great singers, great songwriters. I uh, really recommend their music. I actually first heard. Madison because he joined Hit Record many, many years ago before Madison Ward and the Mama Bear became a successful folk duo. And then when he later kind of uh, evolved and and, uh, and blew up, I was so proud of him and excited for him, and I just love his music. He's also just a really sweet and funny and smart dude. I had never met his mom, Ruth, before. I was a fan of hers hearing their music. But uh, I finally got a chance to talk to her today, and uh, she's also wonderful. We had a really great conversation, and uh, the conversation revolved around this question. The question came from Paige Ellison from Stockton, California, and she asked, what are the benefits and setbacks of working creatively with family? Now, obviously, a mother-son musical duo be a a good fit for this question i think it's a really fascinating question where where does family fit into creativity where does creativity come from do you get it from your parents genes or do you get it from you know the the upbringing that the parent provided and what's that like when you know know, your your family is in in certain respects people you're closest to obviously not everybody is that way different people have all kinds of different relationships with their biological families but even people who are estranged from their families, there's still, you know, probably some kind of impact on you. You know, that estrangement will be having an impact on you. Your family is just, you can't help it. That's an important part of your life. Again, I, I want to reiterate the caveat. Different people have so many different family situations and relationships with their families. And I don't mean to generalize in any kind of exclusive way. But I, I just find the, the, the question of family and creativity fascinating. My mom played a big part in my own creativity, as did my dad, I think, in in his own way, and my brother, my brother too. So we talked about all of that, talked about nature, nurture, we talked about moms and dads and siblings and uh, what it's like to be creative with those people. So uh, I think you're going to really love this conversation. I I think in in a certain way, this was one of the most personal for me, and um, I think you're going to dig it. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. Is that Madison and Ruth? Yes, it is. This is Madison and Ruth. You mean Madison Ward and the Mama Bear? That's this, correct. Does that mean you're both bears? No, oh. just one Mama Bear. Okay. <laughs> one. There's one Mama bear. Mama Bear gave birth to Madison Ward. <laughs> one bear One bear bore a son. That's Got all. It. Got it. <laughs> For a human, for a, a human Bore, son, a human son. Yeah, yeah it, was, human it was. Son. It was a scientific anomaly. <laughs> okay. 
Um, cool, you guys. Thank you for doing this. Hey, thanks for having us, man. This Our is pleasure. great. So, as I think you know, the premise of the show is we have a conversation about the creative process based on one question, and I'm going to read you that question right now. It sounds great. Okay. Question comes from Paige Elson from Stockton, California. She asks, what are the benefits and setbacks of working creatively with family? Now, obviously, I, I thought you guys would be good at answering this one. So why don't you just, you know, take a first uh, stab at that and then we'll go from there. The benefits and setbacks. Well, they're all setbacks. That's the first thing. <laughs> That's the first. Um, no, we, um, I, no, we love uh, working together. I think a, a real good benefit is that, you know, when you're working with people that you didn't, you know, grow up in the same house with, you're, I think you're, you're always still getting to know that person and not to say that you're not still, you know, getting acquainted with your family, but with, um, somebody who you don't have that real personal connection with, um, there is a level of trying not to step on each other's toes, not Mm -hmm. sounding like a prima donna, um, you know, wondering how someone's going to react to your artistic ideas and, um, and, and not trying to hurt people's feelings. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And in family, you know, we, obviously we don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but you can, (laughs) and it sometimes saves time almost whenever, uh, trying to just get, get something done and because ultimately you know that you just have that uh you know that love that the love that started before you liked each other (laughs) right what about you mom what do you think well i think as far as one uh, one good thing is that um being the mom and just seeing how your son how he's writing how he's going on with his career i mean that's a that's a joy to me yeah it's a real joy to me, uh, just seeing that he's taken it and to a whole nother level, and I get to experience that with him. That's a good thing. I think the set, any setback, I don't look at them as setbacks as I look at them as learning and training and saying, oh, uh, we have a problem here, but let's fix it. We don't allow the problems to overcome us to where we cannot work together. And uh, we can be honest and open with one another without trying to, quote, think, I don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to deal with those things because that's life. Right. And so and that's what I'm dealing with with this situation is yeah. that's if it's a, if you call it a setback, I don't think it's a setback. Yeah, I don't I don't fully know if I if I can think of setbacks of working with family. I think you it depends on the relationship first, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, you know, if you got a terrible if you, if you got a terrible kid and you, or, you, or, you, or, or a terrible mother, you know, that's I mean, you're not going to want to work with that person. And it's going to probably drive a wedge between you even further and uh, seeing that person on a day to day basis. But, you know, my mom and I started playing together before um we ever uh had an audience to watch us so that was one of the questions i wanted to ask because the new new album's called started with the family and that's what i want like so did it how did it start well you know i've been playing ever since i was 19 years old and i played in a lot of coffee houses and madison used to come when he was little and watch me play and whatever and and I, and then I took a, a long hiatus 
just to raise the three children and to be a mom and all that stuff that goes along with it. Madison, do you remember going to those gigs and, and watching your mom play? What are your memories oh, of that? Yeah, 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 most definitely. My first memory of uh, seeing her play was um, in Chicago, and I was uh, three years old. There was a you cafe. have a memory from when you're three. I got, a, I got a memory from when I was in the crib. I'll Do you, tell you really? That. <laughs> yeah, I, I think about this all the time because, you know, I have babies. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. The four-year-old's not a baby anymore. Um, right, right. Both of them are like teenagers now. But uh, yeah. I, I try to think back on what's my early memory. I try to think, do I have memories of being what? this young? And you, you think you have a, a memory from being in the crib? Well, I don't, I don't think, Joe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is, what's no, your memory no. from being in the crib? Um, well, I, there was a kid who climbed into my crib. I think he was a cousin of mine. No, he wasn't a cousin. And, he was oh, my friend. Look, like my mom. He was not family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Uh, okay, so some dude that was uh, apparently I don't know why he was in the house. But he, uh, we were friends with his parents. Oh, okay. He climbed into the crib, and uh, and I just remember not being. I couldn't, you know, speak, and I couldn't say, "Hey, something wrong." is happening mm -hmm. but i knew that something wrong was happening this kid just bent down and he bit me really hard on the cheek uh-huh and i and i remember thinking i i didn't know what to do so i was like oh i know what i'll do i'll cry yeah yeah it's a rational thing <laughs> to do at that moment be, because this hurts yeah and so i was like that was my only thing i could do and just you know hoping dear god let somebody come over and sure enough people came over and they saw that the kid was in the crib and i mean i i remember that really really well ruth what's it your did, memory of that of that moment oh yeah that he 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 was a mess that little kid uh -huh. and uh, as a result he, he couldn't <laughs> he was a we, mess we kicked him and the family out oh man that's all so gotta scary. go get you and your baby a mess <laughs> get you and your cheek biting baby out of here <laughs> pack it up that is hilarious yeah that was horrific. Yeah, so he, uh, so you know, maybe that is the moment I started remembering things. Was yeah, the moment he bit me. It just sort of made me like, you know, I. That's when I really came into the fold. Okay, and, so but uh, back to your three-year-old memory because I, I know I can't remember anything from the crib. I, I wonder. I sometimes I think maybe I have memories of being three, but then I also mm -hmm. wonder: Am I just projecting images that I've seen in photographs and thinking oh. that I remember? So that can be confusing. But so what's your memory of, of being three and seeing your mom playing? Well, um, I was three whenever we lived. Uh, just We lived in Waukegan, right in Illinois, right outside Chicago. And uh, my mom, she used to play at this place called uh, Cafe Kids Mat. And I remember going to this cafe and I remember walking outside the glass um, of the storefront and just seeing my mom on the other side of the glass up on this, uh, I don't know if it was a stage it or was whatever. A stage, yeah. And that's, and I remember doing this in the winter time and her performing and going in there and the guy who owned the place, we knew him pretty well and he gave you free donuts and I, I don't know, maybe my memory started because and he gave scones. free donuts. He gave us scones. <laughs> that was the thing too. He gave you scones and whenever you thought you were getting a donut and you got a scone, that was a bad, <laughs> that was it's a traumatic. bad day. It's traumatic for a kid. You know, people got third world problems. I'm over here mad that I got a scone instead of a donut. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're like, why is it so dry? <laughs> but uh, that it needed to be heated. That was my. 
<laughs> get a little bit of butter on it. <laughs> yeah, that was my earliest memory, though. She was performing in Cafe Kids, Matt, and I remember it, it was a good, it's a good, warm, warm memory. And then, Ruth, what, what's that feeling like to have your your child there watching and enjoying your music? Well, he had to be there because we couldn't get a babysitter. <laughs> well, okay, okay. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna watch so, it. So we got all three were there as well as my husband. So it's like, well, mom's gonna go play at uh, the cafe, and uh, and I and I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I did it for a while, and then I put it on hiatus. But it was a, um, I, I just never really thought of it like you know they're watching me up here on stage or anything like that. I just. It was a part of the family, really, and this is what I did, and they supported me, and and they were really good. They could have, you know, been yelling or saying, "I want to go home" and all right. that stuff, but they never did that. They they were there and ate their little scones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was a good time, and too. waited for the show to be over. And that was a very normal thing for us. Was uh, you know, mom playing, and and I think when it starts from such an early age like that. That's just what I know. Like, I don't know her before I knew her as a musician, really. Like, I just, I've always known her as this, that's mom's thing. She plays this Alvarez guitar. She she writes songs. She, you know, comes to the school, plays music, different stuff like that. What about playing or singing in the house, not on a stage, not in a, any kind of professional context? Yeah, most definitely. She, uh, she would... You know, we would have, there'd be times where, you know, tough for us to sleep. I used to sleep, uh, same room with my brother. He's, uh, four years older than me mm-hmm. and, uh, him and I would, uh, yeah, we'd tell my mom, you know, Hey, you come in here. Would you come in here and just play some songs? And cause we, we would, you know, that serenaded us. We'd go to sleep to music all the time. And, uh, and, uh, she would have, you know, yeah, different nights where she'd just come through and just, she'd do it. She'd do a set. Right. <laughs> she do a set, no no intermission and uh no breaks and she would uh we would just go to sleep to that. And Ruth, how, was there a difference in how it felt to sing on a stage for an audience versus sing while your two boys are going to sleep? Not really. Um people yeah. would say, "Well, Ruth, you know, you're singing in front of this big huge crowd. Are you scared?" And I tell them, "No, cuz I just reduce everything down to being in my house." And uh-huh. um, you know, and just playing music, and I, I don't know, the fear just left. It's I don't care whether I'm singing for two people or if I'm singing for twenty or thirty thousand. It doesn't matter. It does. There's not a fear there. It's like I'm up here to do what I came to do, and there is no fear. And what I try to do a lot is I close my eyes when I sing. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at people looking at me thinking, ooh, what is she doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or yeah, something yeah. weird like that. So but and I could concentrate on my music. So that's just that's that's my honest honest feelings. I d I don't have a fear. So then how did it come to the you guys started playing together as a duo? So I used to, you know, I never wanted to do it play music i never wanted to be a musician because that was my mom's thing oh. and i used to want to and i used to always want to act and um uh by the way hit, uh, hit me up after this in case there's getting the uh, audition <laughs> yeah no doubt, no doubt that i could you know yeah uh, he, um, he, he wants to be the policeman in the film the one that yeah. just stands there doesn't say anything yeah I wanna, i'll be yeah i'll pull myself over no um 
So I want to. Did you get that, Joe? It took me a second, <laughs> and then I got it. Oh man. Okay. We'll have to show photos of ourselves after this. Okay. So, but yeah, I um, she used. I used to always want to act. You know, my uncle, her brother's an actor. His name's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. And he was on shows like The Wire. Yeah, sure. Um, great actor. And, yeah, he's great, and I and I really, really, really looked up to him, and I and I still do, and I wanted to act like that, and you know, just the older I got, the further away, um, you know, leaving my house and or leaving my home and actually going to pursue that, just it started to feel, and I had started picking up the guitar and I started, uh, you know, getting a little better at it, and I think ultimately I just realized I wanted to just create something. And so I started writing all these songs and my mom would hear the songs and she'd be like, you know, I'm going to do a, I'm going to go do a set over here at uh, the coffee shop. Why don't you come through and I'm going to take a break and play that weird song that you were just writing or just something that sounded bizarre. And Wait, she would play your song that, that you were writing or no, she wanted me to go basically during her break. She'd oh, do a, yeah, she'd take a, a break, like at a set at a coffee shop and Got she'd it. say, come, come and perform like two or three of these songs that you that you've uh, been making up. So, Ruth, what's that like when Madison, who hadn't been really pursuing music or it hadn't been something that he had wanted to do because, like you said, it was his mom's thing for mm-hmm. much of his life. When he started getting into it, how's that mm-hmm. for you? Like, oh, my son is starting to do a thing that, that I do. Like, is that satisfying or is that what's that like? Oh, yeah, that was definitely satisfying. Um, also, when I would take a break from the from my show, uh, you know, you always have people filling in. And I thought, man, I just use Madison to fill in for me. <laughs> right. And because we, we would play music at home together and he would say, hey, mom, what do you think of this song? And it was sounded it sounded great. So I said, hey, you, you fill in and people enjoyed what they heard. You know, one thing I do, and is I know, I feel like I, I know good music, and Madison was playing good music, and I think he's an excellent songwriter. And it's more than just because he's my son. I just like the way that he writes his songs. Right. And I, remember, I also remember she used to love like the almost the more bizarre the tune, the more she would champion that. And right, uh, and not just her, but my dad too. They both loved stuff that just f- felt very unconventional ways to go about right. you know writing something or um something that you're chanting over and over that might you know you know uh catch you off guard or just sound most people wouldn't want to put in their song because it might feel you know sort of ugly or just um out of place well but that's they, when they i to- first started hearing your music because you were posting oh, stuff no. on hit record <laughs> a long time ago that mm-hmm. was very bizarre. And I was like, what is this stuff? This is so creative and oddball. Because I like weird music. And, yeah, me too, man. And uh, I mean, I like all kinds of music, but I definitely like it when someone's like clearly just, you know, in their room, like going a little bit out of their mind. I really identify with that. <laughs> and and like you would you would really do it. And then so then when I later heard the the music you were making with your mom, the Madison Ward and the Mama Bear music, I was like, oh, wow. He's like, he's got these two sides to him. He, he'll he be like really bizarre and, and post these odd stories about, I don't know, turtles and like <laughs> boys with wolf masks and things like that. But, or weep, weep for the king. Yeah, we, yeah, weep for the, the, the lonely king. and like, but, but then you would play these like just incredibly just 
easy on the ears, beautiful, heartfelt songs. And I was like, wow, there's, because I, I also, I, I always really appreciate an artist who's eclectic, who shows like more than one side of their personality. Right. Most right, of my, right. my favorite artists are very kind of multi-sided in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that really striking me. Yeah, man. And I've, I've, al- I've always been a, uh, a big fan of that too. Just the eclectic artist who sort of has multiple sides, you know, like Tom Waits is, you know, one of my yeah, favorite artists and that guy has maybe, you know, 10 different voices yeah. in his, in his pocket <laughs> and they all feel just as real as the next, yeah. you know, they all, they're all genuine to him. And that started to, you know, you know, it plants that seed in your mind to realize that, there are different facets to your mind and how you go about, um, you know, expressing yourself. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know, I know people who will tell me like, I, I want to sing in this falsetto voice, but it just sounds so weird. And I'm like, you need to have an album that is just your weird falsetto stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, if, as long as it sounds good, you know, or decent, like it's okay that, I th- I feel like some people are afraid to to go a little bizarre mm-hmm. and are afraid to get like to make things weird. Like I can't do that. It's weird. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's, you know, that's what that creative process is about though. Another thing I want to add to what Madison said is that yes, he does the weird stuff like with hit record and all, but even in skeleton crew, you notice like um, just uh, some of the songs like dead daffodils, Mm-hmm. You know, and you listen to the words and there's it's Mr. Foreman and everybody wanting to know who is Mr. Foreman, you know, or uh, Juniper. What is it? Uh, Undertaker and Juniper. Undertaker and Juniper. That's not, not your, half of the songs in Skeleton Crew are not your normal lyric type songs. Yeah. They're, they're a little out of the box. Mm-hmm. And I love I love personally being out of the box. Yeah. And in, in everything that I do, I like being out of the box. I, I, I don't want to fit the norm, fit the pattern. Right. I just want to be out of the box. She's very passionate about this. So what's <laughs> <you? Yeah. laughs> and what's that? It's cool and, and perhaps unusual that you can feel at liberty with your own mom to be out of the box, to be a little bizarre because I, you know, imagine for a lot of us, our, our mothers are a sort of, um, not even in a bad way, but you, you know, you get, uh, you like calm down around your mom. You're not going to be like your most raucous, bizarre right. punk self around right. your mom. Well, somebody once told me um, they were like, "Oh, what are you, Madison? He's playing with his mom." They're like, "That's that's punk rock music. That's what that <laughs> is." They were like, "That's punk rock." It's like he do, that's how can you show more of a way of how much you don't care by right. doing something like that in um, in the style that I play or that I write, I think, you know, I mean, there's an old timey aspect to it. And so I, I mean, maybe if I, who knows, maybe if I was playing in a metal band, I wouldn't want to have my mom on stage with me, but, but, but we already, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on stage with the me in the metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we, but we found that common ground already because she, it, she's an artist and she's a musician. And, and so, you know, uh, whenever I came into the fold of playing the kind of music I was, we're already having this established common ground and it doesn't feel like uh, I'm not really presenting anything to her that she doesn't already want to play or want to hear. So, right. And maybe that, that makes for a nice sort of Venn diagram of you can be the bizarre self that still fits into what you would want to play with her. And that like makes for a nice formula almost. 
Yeah, definitely. If um, if she had more of a of this, you know, sort of conservative approach to you know uh, bizarre expression, then I think she would. Then yeah, she probably we probably wouldn't really mesh well. But it's because like I'm writing like these like I would write because I mean there's a there's a huge um, you know slew full of songs that I've written that will you know probably never get recorded but they're you know 10 10 times more bizarre than you know stuff that we sometimes release and and who knows maybe we will release them but she's the one who hears that stuff and she says play that song again or go play that and uh like her and my dad like i got the tom Waits stuff from my dad and my mom was more of the tracy the tracy chapman stuff which is beautiful music but it's also very it's very eclectic singer songwritery. Just make whatever you want. Mm-hmm. We'll keep those bizarre songs in the basement tapes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bastards, brawlers, and uh, no, it's it ballers, called? ballers, brawlers, and bastards. Yeah, ballers, brawlers, and bastards. That's the Tom Waits compilation of uh, weird things that never made it onto an album. Right. Of right. His. I'm a huge fan of his too. Yeah, man. So, how does it go when you guys are? collaborating when you write the songs is there one process that you always go to or is it different for every song or how do you do it yeah so um normally whenever we write um i'm i'm the primary songwriter and um so what i'll do is i'll uh i'll take like a melody usually and i'll just have that melody sort of floating around for a long time and uh i'll put some sort of uh you know, um, just placeholder lyrics over it. Just something that I just keep saying over and over. And, um, and if I really like it, I'll bring it, uh, to my mom. And if she is into it, then we'll keep on working on it. Mm -hmm. And if she, if she doesn't like it, I'm not going to put it out. I won't put out, I won't start working on anything that she's not a fan of. How do you tell him if you don't like something? (laughs) I'll just say, oh, it's okay. Just use those little great words. It's okay. That's exactly how she. That's exactly how she says it. But there's it. a one word that I use for everything that I really, really like, and that's the word excellent. And yeah. if he doesn't hear that, he knows it's okay. Yeah, when I hear excellent, like that's a uh, that's a win, like Got for it. me. And then, uh, and then, uh, but yeah, she'll say, she'll, you know, it's okay. She'll do that. And I remember uh, I heard Mark Knopfler in an interview once say that uh, he'll write a song and bring it to his bandmates and they'll they'll tell him uh okay yeah yeah that's good you got any others yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just the worst thing you could hear you got any others uh-huh. <laughs> like uh yeah, sure i guess and then you start making something up on the spot but right. but yeah if she's a fan of it yeah that if usually, it's excellent if it's excellent i feel really good yeah and then you keep going with it and then refine it further and then bring it back refine it further and um we'll i work I, on I it might, together sometime yeah we'll start refining it together uh-huh. or i'll uh or i'll take it back home and you know work on it some more like are you when you're refining it together are you both sitting with guitars and sort of playing it together or are you totally. kind of more like sitting over with a pen and paper or how how's it go we're sitting with uh, guitars and we're just kind of uh and we have like a um you know like a recording app or something like that so mm-hmm. we can just keep on you know we record it over and over and over and then uh we listen back to it or she'll uh she'll start harmonizing over it and she'll add all these different parts or um we'll start writing like a guitar lick that she can put over the top of it mm-hmm. and then like every time i you know i afterwards i always you know get into my car throw it into the you know the car speakers and listen to it uh through the phone and just uh 
and it just that helps you get a better sense of how much you're enjoying it too. I read that Tom so, Waits always does that. Did you? Does he? Did you hear that? I did not. I, I read somewhere that Tom Waits will never consider a song finished until he's driven around and played it in his car. Oh wow! Well, that's great. Well, I've, I've, I know a few people who do that. Um, who I don't know what it is about, you know, driving uh, in your car. I don't know how. Tom's getting anything. I mean, I assume he drives like a old, you know, Model T or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how anything's coming through that thing. That I'm imagining, you know, just I got a record I just recorded. Um, wow, <laughs> coming into my uh, Model T here. Um, <laughs> I can imagine that sounds uh, just like him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's, it's I'm gonna, a, next time. Next episode is going to be you know the the guest on creative processing is going to be Tom Waits, and what yes. people won't know is it's actually you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hello, everybody. I'm from uh, Independence, Missouri, and they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> if you did that for a whole hour, though, you would lose your voice. Uh, no, I would because I've because I've done it. I've I've definitely been able to not get out of that voice before, and and you will lose your voice. You'll in uh, yeah, it's it's rough. I don't. And he's got to live that way. I don't know how that works for him. But, yeah, I don't know but, but, but uh, it might be the liquor. <laughs> the cigarettes yeah, liquor. Yeah, yeah, they they would know really soon that it's not Tom Waits. I'd be like, you know, growing up as a young black boy, I, uh, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? What'd you say, Tom? I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. That's uh, Uncle Tom Waits. I'm kidding. Oh. Look, you might want to edit that one out. See, that, I might write a whole song about that. <laughs> Uncle but, Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> so we listen in the car. Uh, I'll listen in the car, and it sounds. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's a that's a great advice. Something about being in the car, driving, hearing. Uh, it just does. I don't know what it is, but. It, if, if it's not hitting you while you're going down the road and you're seeing all the imagery of just what you're passing. Because another thing that I, I try doing sometimes is I'll look at photos. Like, I mean, you can get on Instagram or go to your camera roll or anything. Play, like record a song that you just record and then go and look at a bunch of photos as you're just like scrolling around like on social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if it's not, accompanying like some really beautiful sort of soundtrack to what like people families everything you're just kind of going by then it doesn't really sometimes it it might not be hitting me either Mm -hmm. but uh you know if you focus too much on the song while you're doing it then you start to realize maybe the song's not doing what it's supposed to but if you're really getting into the photos and getting into the everything the imagery that you're looking at then i think the music is it's it's definitely supporting that I, I think that that makes total sense. I have a thing similar where if I'm writing something, you you know, you look at it on your computer while you're writing it for all this time as you write and write and rewrite and rewrite. But then when you want to get a fresh look, print it out on paper. Right. And it changes it somehow. I think whether it's, you know, putting music on in the car, or printing it out on paper or like, I don't know, smoking a joint, whatever, like just ha- <laughs> having having a different, somehow changing your perspective come at it from a slightly different angle you need to do that that you'll always get you you need to have that fresh perspective is there do you have any other ways that you do that Ruth to kind of get a fresh perspective on something you're working on oh I think for me it's just listening to it back walk away from it for a while maybe even for a couple of days time and then come back and listen to I do that with I'm an artist 
And I do that with my art the same way as... Like she paints and I, she yeah. paints, you know, and candles oh, cool. and all that. And I walk away from it for a while, and then I'll come back to it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I see it with different eyes or with or listen to it with different ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing better than, like, kind of stumbling back upon something that you made. Like, so you walk away from it, and then you stumble back, and you're like, why did I not... Why am I not still working on this song? Or like this is really grabbing me. And uh, and sometimes you do that even over a year. You know, like there's some stuff that I put on we, this new record we recorded. Uh, started with a family. There's some stuff on that record that I you know wrote like three or four years ago. And in right. uh, mm. uh, and maybe even a little further back that we've act- we've performed out live, but but we just never recorded it. And it's one of those things that you just bring it back. Uh, Like even when we were in the studio, we might think of a song that we did a long time ago, haven't played it in forever. We play it around like a producer and he's like, what's that? And it's like, Oh, this is this thing I made maybe about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it's on the record Mm -hmm. because you come back to it and you're like, it's not Madison Ward and the mama bear who played it anymore. Now it's this, this other, these other two people from a long time ago who we don't know, we, we distance ourselves from them and we're just hearing that song mm. and now we can hear it as an audience member instead of a, instead of the actual artist. Cause you got that distance, right? Yeah, definitely. Another good trick is like, you ever turn on something on TV and mute it and then just listen to music over that? Oh, that, like, that does make sense. That's interesting. Like, I haven't done that. Just kind of like soundtrack to the, to what you're watching. Uh, I really like doing that sometimes. Right. And then the music hits you differently in the context of it being a soundtrack to these images. Definitely. And it's, uh, and it's still kind of like that camera roll approach. You just sort of, you know, you're just muting like a, some real dramatic music. And then you just, you know, put on something that you made and hopefully it can support the images that you're, that you're looking at. Yeah. So I want to ask through the lens of uh, this question of being created with family, you know, this makes me think of my mom of course like and i i always i i when i listen to your guys music it naturally makes me think of my mom and my mom's a a big part of my creative self probably first with music cuz she would always sing to me and and always encourage me to sing and then that evolved into acting and and when i started acting my mom was really the primary influence uh, teaching me what acting was and reading things like because I was acting before I could even read my own scripts so she would read the Mm. scripts for me and help me learn my lines and talk about what the character would be feeling and how you would then say a line because of that you know I mean it was it was really her before I mean I also had some other great influences along my way but she was definitely the first and I 100% 100% think that if she hadn't been such a positive and warm and encouraging and, and loving teacher in that way, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, right. And um, so I'm, I'm curious to hear about the early days of, of you being a littler kid and, and Ruth, like, what was it like at, at home? What, what role did music play in, in like, the family house or you also mentioned that you paint too i don't know if it was music or maybe it was more other things but whatever kind of creative creativity was going on in the home i'm curious to hear about it 
Well, um, music has always been a part of my life, and even before I was married, mm-hmm. I would sing a lot in coffee houses and things like that, and I'd start, I'd start little bands with my friends and whatever. So when I got married, of course, it just carried on through that. And I think that um, when I had the children, I said to myself, I don't want to just have children for children's sake. I want them to become productive adults. Mm-hmm. And I want them to, whatever their passion is that they want to do, I want to support that. Well, I wanted to say real quickly, Madison's passion first was comedy. He was, he, he, you know how witty he is. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to a comedy show. We went to an open mic. Open mic. Open mic. <laughs> Madison at 15. And I was there with him because that's what he wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get there, and, and all these comedians, oh, they, they, they were foul mouths to the point of no return. And, and real quick, and let me chime in real quick, that we've all seen the foul mouth comedian. We love foul mouth comedians. This was open mic, so everybody was Wasn't an amateur, and so they were foul mouth, but not funny. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. so they, and so there was no funny, and they, and they didn't know how, uh, how far to go and how to gauge what they were saying. So it was, to this day, it, as much as I love stand-up, it was the craziest, raunchiest thing I've ever seen. And my mom was with me, and I was 15. Yeah, and so <laughs> so it was, Mad- it was yeah. Madison's turn to get up there, and, did, and he did his thing, and he did a good job. And the people really clapped and supportive, and, and the guy said, well, Madison, you need to come back next week because people really liked you. And I thought, mm-hmm. So when we, <laughs> that's exactly what she did. So when when we left, get when car. we left, I got in the car. He says, "Well, mom, are we going to be able to come back?" I said, "No, uh, <laughs> yeah. we will not be coming back." Yeah, because it was horrific. Yeah. But at, but overall, though, when when the music thing started, I wanted him to pursue however he wanted to pursue, whether it was acting or whether it was music, and and I've always been supportive of him. Mm-hmm. All of my children and uh, of whatever they wanted to do, and I'm just happy that he chose this this profession and he's good at it and I'm and I'm really supportive with that. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have uh, one brother, uh, one sister. Their uh, sister's seven years older than me, and my brother's uh, four years older. And do they like to play music too, or are they they creative in other ways, or they like my brother? Uh, uh, well, just just as an example, like. He never wanted to act. I started right. acting when I was six years old. My brother, who was older, is six and a half years older than, than me. And my mom asked him if he wanted to do it, and he just didn't. He, he didn't have an interest in that. Um, mm. And it, later in life, he actually started getting really, he kind of found his um, artistic self. When he was younger, he was more shy, and he was really into like computers and you know writing software code and... and Later, he got really into photography, and he got really into fire spinning, and mm. uh, and then we we connected over over that. Um, but when we were younger, he he just didn't want to do it. You know, different siblings are so different. You can have the same exact parents, be grown up in the same house, and just be very different people. Mm. I'm curious curious to hear about your your brothers and sister. Yeah, um, that was. Uh Wait, and I'm just I was I was just curious because I know uh, Dan did the fire uh, sp- spinning. Was that that was the first time that you kind of like had that sort of connection, like the creative connection? Was uh, 
did it kind of make you like, did it feel like similar to the, the stuff you were doing at the time as far as just using that sort of expression? Yeah. I mean, we, we connected over other things when we were younger. We, we were always close, mm-hmm. um, but we would connect over, you know, playing video games or we would go to concerts together or just, you know, whatever, hanging out, being at home, like just right. watching MacGyver or whatever, you know. Right, but, uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, Great uh, show. MacGruber, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then once he started, he he never, like the, I guess the, the artistic side of myself or whatever, whether it was acting or like, you know, cause I would play music, not in any professional capacity, but just, I would play music with my friends and play music by myself and record songs and stuff. And I always loved music. Uh-huh. And, um, and Dan, like he was always really supportive of that, but it wasn't something that we did together. But then right. once he found, it was really when he found fire spinning that we could then connect on on that level. And there's something, I mean, this is actually really pertinent to the question of being creative with family. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there were, like, our favorite thing to do was he would spin fire and I would play drums. And, um, mm. sorry, I'm... <laughs> that, no, I love I'm, that. Uh, That's I'm, awesome. I'm sad because my, my brother, I don't know, Ruth, if you know, uh, my, my brother died really sadly a, a number of years ago um so oh, I, get, I didn't know that sorry about that thank you thank you so i <laughs> i just get sad thinking about it but um sure wow. but like when we would when we would play like that he because he would go all out and just get so out of breath just like mm-hmm. get real real you know um kinetic with his fire spinning and then i would play drums like really hard and really fast and the harder he went, the harder I wanted to play drums. And then the harder I would play, the harder he would go. And we would, like, really egg each other on that way. Wow. And and then at the end, we'd both, you know, like, kind of collapse. And also, I think because we were brothers, we could be physically more close than, you know, buddies would normally be or your normal, like, person you were playing music with. So, like, we would do this really frenetic thing play so hard get so out of breath and then we would collapse and we would both like um we'd uh feel each other's uh hearts um Mm. and uh sorry no you're good but but you know (laughs) you couldn't my point is i guess to the to this episode is you couldn't really do that um with someone who wasn't your family Right. 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 Sorry. No, you're good, man. No need to be sorry. You're human. Hey, man. Um, I, I definitely, I know the that connection that you're talking about, man. The that heartfelt connection. Um, you know, there's times before my mom and I are about to go on stage and play together, and who knows, maybe we just argued right before going on, or just a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about that moment that we step on stage where I give her a kiss, you know, I give yeah. her like a kiss on the cheek and I say, Hey, you know, Hey, this started with you and me, let's go out there and do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think that's, uh, something that comes back to just the benefit, just the, what are the benefits? And, um, that's the benefit. I mean, the benefit trumps any of the, any of the setbacks mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's that heartfelt connection. Um, you know, bringing it back a little bit to what you were mentioning about my siblings, you know, um, we were all 
you know, a very creative family. And, and I, and thanks for sharing that man, uh, about Dan. Cause I remember being on hit record at the time whenever Dan was, um, you know, still posting and put, yeah. putting stuff up and it was, it was uh, beautiful. And that was right. That was early on at the time whenever I, you know, joined hit record, which I think was like, um, maybe 2013 or something, mm-hmm. or, or I think it was a little earlier, like 20, yeah. 2011 or something. Yeah. I don't Look, man, the years. Look, I, I just turned thirty-one, so now, so now I, so now I get it. I get what older folks have been talking about. And he's so, going to get it even and more. He's going to get it even more. <laughs> yeah. Like next year, I'll be thinking I turned thirty-one again. Uh-huh. But, but so, but yeah, my siblings. They, we've all been. We, I think everyone in our family has had a really strong, creative mind. Um, my sister is hilarious my brother is hilarious and and so is my dad and they have uh you know my sister she she got me into most of any of the stuff that i um have ever listened to that that wasn't you know hip-hop or folk music it was you know she got me into the rock and roll music or the you know the interpol or the new order or the um you know you know, white from the white stripes to, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan. She, she just, she got us into a lot of uh, interesting music. And that's what we used to do Saturday mornings. We would, you know, watch, you know, MTV music videos, her, me and my brother. Right. And, uh, and so they both went into businesses themselves, but like my brother, he's a, he's an incredible artist, just like my mom, as far as painting or mm-hmm. uh, drawing. And my sister, she, she, could you know, sing or she, whether it be that or, uh, or uh, writing, or just she she had an interpersonal sort of creativity that just the way her mind works. And so, growing up in that sort of household, I think it was just you know inevitable that somebody was going to be you know addicted to just creating something. And my mom was already doing that. So the fact that you know one of the three you know kids joined her is uh, I don't I don't think it was a slim chance of, of that happening. Right. Now, Ruth, when when you were young, were your parents musical as well? Not at all. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I come from a family of ten brothers and sisters, uh-huh. and um, my dad was a hard worker, big mm-hmm. time for the family of ten. And my mother, she wasn't the best mom, and I don't want to go into all that history, but I'm just saying my childhood was very difficult. I left home when I was 18, mm-hmm. and I started a whole new life. But... Through that, my brother, Isaiah, came from from the same family, and he chose to go the route of acting. Right. And uh, he started in college, and then he went on to do plays and Broadway-type stuff and movies, and and he's just been a working actor. So, And he's been all over the world, and I really love him. And But he and I are the two that, from the family of 10, uh, that— you know, came out of that creative, but it you would have never known it because my dad wasn't creative. He was just known for being a hard worker, and my mother wasn't creative at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe somewhere in the DNA that we don't know. Yeah, your grandparents or your yeah. great grandparents, who knows? It has to. It somebody has to. was dancing on tabletops for nickels <laughs> at some point. I'm telling you, <laughs> somebody. Could, <laughs> hey, it could have been during. It could have been during the slave trade. I don't know. Yeah. It came um, from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you had to learn a trade, and if you, if you had a trade, you had to learn. <laughs> The slave trade. No, um, I got a I got a friend here who's actually in the studio with us. He's giving me every look you could in the book. 
<laughs> I was wondering what we're talking about. <laughs> mm. But anyway. One thing that I, another thing I wanted to ask about in terms of being creative with family, this is something I think about a lot with creativity, and I think family kind of brings up this question. It's the whole nature versus nurture question which is, you know, where does a person's creativity come from? Does it come from their nature, their nurture? Does it come from, you know, their genes, like uh, something they're born with? Or is it something that they learn throughout their life, something they get from their upbringing, their environment? And obviously, in, in family, you get both. A parent to a child passes down both their genes and a parent, well, of course, not all biological parents, but in many cases, uh, you know, a parent will also raise the child and, and, and be uh, that primary influence in, on the nurture side of things. So I'm, I'm curious from, from your guys' perspective, two people who are, who are creative uh, as a mother and a son, what are your thoughts on the nature-nurture question with creativity? Well, I think... I mean, I think there's definitely both um, because I think, you know, if you're a creative person, you know, and if you have real creative parents, I, I do think there is, you know, a creative gene. I think there is something that looks at, you know, it's the way your brain operates and how you look at things differently. But then there's definitely the people who want to learn to become more creative and they do it through, you know, sheer like determination and, you know, hard work and just and they become that. And then for some people, it's, it just comes so natural. And, uh, you know, you look at that with, uh, piano players, a lot of piano players who just walk up to the piano and they just, they can play it at a very, very young age. Mm. And you know, that, that they've got something in them that just knows how to weave and interpret those notes in a, in a, such a beautiful way. And it comes out as a masterpiece to everyone else. And then, you know, and a lot of times their parents had the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think that's always like a miraculous thing. I'll tell you right now, like, I don't like, look, I'm not making any masterpieces, but if I've ever been able to make anything that somebody wanted to listen to, it's because I, I it's not from determination. <laughs> it's, it's probably <laughs> not from, it's probably because I just had, um, something that makes that where I could just come up with a, a, a decent, melody you had a good day and uh you just had a good day that day <laughs> to where you come up with a decent melody but being able to come up with um i guess just having melodies float through your head all the time i guess right and um i think that i think my mom could do it and i think i she probably passed that down to me and she wasn't and she was never in the house just saying like you got to get back on, you know, you got to get back on the guitar. You got to keep going. You got to keep right. And she was, she was just, you know, here's a guitar. You play it if you want to, if you don't, uh, don't do it. And I never would have kept going if I wasn't playing something that, you know, my own parents didn't want to listen to. So it was, right. I think it just kind of came naturally in that you, way. I mean, you de I mean, it seems like you definitely have both in that you mentioned like a creative gene you probably got from your mom and maybe we haven't talked that much about your dad. I'm curious to hear about, about him, but yeah. And, and then you also have the nurture side in that. I mean, she was setting the example. She had the guitar in the house, you know, like a lot of people, right. grow up, their parent doesn't have a guitar in the house. There's so no that's going to make a difference, right? Yeah, definitely. And so, 
Yeah, so already having that door pretty much open. Um, yeah, I guess I, I didn't even think of that as nurturing. But yeah, you're right. Just being able to to and to be exposed to it at such an early age, having that three year old memory of her playing in that coffee shop. Um, that I guess yeah, that does a that has a great deal to do with you know sparking someone's creativity and uh, from a young age planting that seed to where now they they see things just differently. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's almost kind of sad, the idea of uh, people that don't uh, have access to those sort of, you know, creative outlets or yes. or seeing other people that have those expressions real early and, then, and not until way later in life being exposed to certain music or uh, film or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ruth, what are your thoughts on the nature versus nurture question when it comes to creativity? Well, I've just been learning recently over the last, well, maybe a year or two about the whole uh, concept of being nurtured. And I think nurturing is very, very important. And I think that they, uh, they, they, they come together, nature and nurture. I think I agree with Madison. It's, it's, it's half and half. And I think that by me being a parent who's saying, hey, I, I, I love you, I care for you, I'm going to give you all of your needs and make sure they're met, because mm-hmm. that's very important. Mm-hmm. At the at the same time, I'm going to give you tools, and it's up to you whether you choose to use the tools or not. Right. And so, but I'm going to give you every opportunity to use the tools that you choose to use. And I think that's where the the your the nature comes in because, you know, my son, my oldest son, he has a great voice. I remember Madison and. My son, they did a, a sing off, and my <laughs> oldest son won. Well, she made us. She, well, she made us do the sing off. <laughs> wait, she wait, made, wait, hold on. I want to hear this yeah, whole story. Yeah, let me, when well, was I this? Break the, <laughs> I want to. This was yesterday. No, no, I want to <laughs> no, break this down for you. So this was uh, this was just some years ago, but I this was, was years ago, even but, before we got started. But I was, I was, I still can thought I was decent at the time, and uh, and my brother, he he's always been able to sing from a young age, and he uh, got a great voice. Yeah. He did. He he kind of had like that '90s R&B style of singing uh-huh, all the time. Uh-huh. But uh, one time we were just walking. We were all in this in the kitchen, and I was singing "Old Man" by Neil Young. And uh, I remember my brother. He would sing it a little bit too. And I'm like, No, no, no. I think it goes like this. He's like, No, no, no. And then my mom just stops us both, and she's like, Hey. I got an idea. We're gonna have a sing off. Whoever sings it best is the winner, which is a great thing to do to your <laughs> to, to our confidence. And she's like, whoever sings it best is the winner. I was like, all right, let's go. Adam sings it. My brother Adam. Just a cappella. There's no guitar or anything. No just, guitar, nothing. Just a cappella. Adam sings it. He sounds great. And then I sing it and I thought I did such a good job. And my mom, she goes, yep, Adam's the winner. <laughs> and I was like, dang. And, uh, and I was like, wow, I thought I did kind of. And then my my dad, he chimed in and he goes, well, well, hold up now. And this is uh-huh. how my dad talks. He's like, well, hold up now. It's not necessarily that that Adam was better. It's just that Madison sounds a little bit different. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah. I'm going to get a leather jacket. <laughs> I felt good about that, man. And uh, it was the best thing that I think my dad could have said in that moment because it just sort of, uh, you know, because, I mean, in that moment, I truly thought I was like, oh, but, man, this this thing that comes out of my mouth doesn't sound the way that I – 
that I think it sounds, you know, and, mm. and my own mom, who's a musician, is saying, hey, man, you, dude, you suck. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I really but, said that. But hey, that's that honesty we were talking about before, that family honesty, though, mm-hmm. in uh, just being able to say that and, right. and, and be able to tell your own son, like, look, man. Try something else, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or, or like, or just keep working at it. Uh-huh. But well, uh, yeah. it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun time. And then also, I uh, created some little, just for a minute or two, family bands where I would go sing and I right, have right. the kids, you know, sing with me or sing back up or whatever. Oh, we work out. I forgot all about that. Yeah, we did the little little things like that. But I remember that. the one that really with all three of the kids. Out, Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was singing like Bob Dylan songs, and we would all sing with. I remember that. Yeah, because my, awesome. my daughter has a, a really nice voice as well. Oh wow! And so we I would all be together. Album. Oh yeah, I know, right? We're the Osmonds now. You want to hear the Osmond record? No, that's one of those basement tapes. I'm telling you, man, it's the basement tapes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so but we would. Um, so I think that the nurture nature. I think it's a combination of both, but I really think to really truly have that nur- that nature come out is important to have good nurturing. Yeah. And I think that's what people miss is not having the proper nurturing, which is very, is more important than anything. Uh, yeah. Well, so. I totally agree. And, and I mean, it is sad that there's probably a lot of people in this country and all over the world who have in them that nature of wanting to make music or paint or tell stories or whatever their creative urge is and they they don't necessarily have the nurture they don't they don't have access to a guitar or right. you know some people don't have access to you know just if you don't have enough food to eat if you don't have Clean like water. a proper place to live or yeah <laughs> water to drink then it's going to be right. hard to make art you know and yeah, yeah I, so I, they I totally don't have the tool they don't have the tools and the, yeah it's uh I th- I think about that sometimes you know you're walking right by the you know the next Mozart is right next to you but you know, his mom's yanking his arm through a grocery store, and, and yeah. you know that kid. That kid's not getting access to that piano. He has no idea. Right, right. All right. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. Did we um, solve it? Yeah, I think we, we did. did. We solve? Did we get the, the world's problems? <laughs> I think we did. I think. I think we did. I feel like yeah. I can like. Should go do like I feel like I just got out of like a yoga class or something. <laughs> like, I just, like I feel like I, I'm like mm, that feels good. Like I can breathe. I need to go eat some kind bars. I feel like I feel like that's what he feels. I feel like I ate an ice cream cone. <laughs> have you have you ever seen a sad person eat an ice cream cone? <laughs> no. I feel like I just had an ice cream cone. My double dip. A sad person eat an ice cream cone. <laughs> There's nothing sadder. It's oh like the tears gosh. of a clown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh! Clowns yeah. lament, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a hit record uh, reference. Oh. That's a metaphor song. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. If you guys have another minute, I, I've been uh, wrapping up these episodes with an off-topic question. You know, th- we we get all kinds of questions on the internet. People asking great questions like this one about family that can, you know, that can inspire an entire hour-long conversation but we also get some off-topic questions that uh that amuse me and uh it can be fun to just wrap up with one of these you guys down to answer a off-topic question let's do it man (laughs) okay off off top (laughs) yeah off top off Off top top of the dome (laughs) okay all right so this this one comes from jake rose uh, from greenwich in london 
And the question is, do crabs think that fish can fly? Do crabs think that? Well, what kind of crabs are we talking about? I just need. <laughs> I want to know what he's smoking in London. That's what I want to know. <laughs> that is the pertinent she's question. Like, she's like, let me let me answer your question with another question. <laughs> what do are you smoking crabs? in Greenwich, London? <laughs> <laughs> we got problems yeah. in London. <laughs> Greenwich, London. No, that's yeah, Greenwich, uh, London. So, so do crabs think that? What was it? That fish? Do crabs think that fish can fly? My question about this guy is, how did he get in the mind of the crab? You know what I mean? Did he reduce, got out of this humanness and got into the fish? That's all I want to know. Now, if you could tell me how he did that, I'll be more than happy to answer that question. No, okay, look, I'll answer. You going to answer it? Yeah, I'll answer it. The answer is that they're they're undecided. (laughs) Trust me, I know I got some crab friends, and they're undecided. They're still thinking about it, and in Unless the fish is a fly fish, because some fish actually can already do the fly, oh, the fly fish. Wait, are you using so fly I, in terms of like a flying fish, or do you mean a fish no, no, being no. fly like a fish uh, is pretty I'm talk- cool? I'm talking 90s Will Smith. Fly. Fi- the fish is fly. <laughs> yeah. Super fly. And so whenever a crab sees one of those, it goes, you know, it has to ask, do all fish fly? <laughs> or are all fish fly? Uh-huh. And, you know, See, so, it's even hard for him to answer this Horrific. Well, question. it's 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 it's, it's actually you pretty. That or it's actually that. pretty simple. If you you just gotta follow here with me. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty easy. You know what? I won't go into detail. Just tell tell the man in Greenwich. Yes. Okay. I'll tell him. <laughs> Madison, Ruth, thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, man, this was a real pleasure. We really appreciate you having us. Um, really. We hope people, you know. Check us out. We got music coming out. Started with the family. That's the album. It just came out, right? Yeah, just came out. Uh, started with the family, so you can go on uh, digital, all digital platforms. Get that. It's a really, really stripped down record. Just my mom and I, and one microphone that we recorded on. Uh, just I two loved guitars. it. I just listened to it, and I listened to the the whole thing through. It reminded me of like, you know, um, that album Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Oh my gosh, I love Pink Moon, man. It's one of my favorite records of all time, but something about cuz you like you said it's so stripped down, it's just it's so bare and it's just these great songs and a really just out front voices and uh I I loved every song on it. It really really made me feel good to hear it. Thank you so much, man. So I mean, we hope people check that out in uh and we all have a new YouTube channel we hope people subscribe to. And we have a web series that we just posted. It's called One for the Record, where uh, different artists go into record shops and they leave with uh, just one record. To, so we got some really cool uh, sort of guests that are on there. So Oh, I didn't sub- I didn't know about this. I want to check that out. Please do, man. Yeah, go subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can uh, check out this uh, One for the Record uh, series. It's, Next it's time we're cool. in L.A., we're going to have to go record shopping. Yeah, man, most definitely. We'd love to have you. It'd be great to meet you in person, Joseph. Absolutely, Ruth. I look forward to it. Yes, sir. Shit. All right, thanks, you guys. I'll see you soon, I hope. Thank you. Take thanks, care. Thanks, everyone. Y'all take care. Thank you so much for listening. That is our show. I want to thank our guests, Madison Ward and the Mama Bear. Go check out their latest album. It started with the family. But thank you so much to Madison and Ruth. Thank you to the folks who asked this week's questions. Paige Ellison. You can find her at Paige Ellison. That's P-A-I-G-E-E-L-S-O-N. And Jake Rose. 
at Jake Rose. Yes, <laughs> is his handle. You can get your questions in either email creative processing at hitrecord.org or hashtag creative processing on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, come check out Hit Record. We're making collaborative art about some of the uh, ideas and concepts that came up in this conversation. I've been seeing great stuff that have uh, that's been coming in. It's, it's it's always lovely to see. You know, you put something out into the world, and uh, it's one thing to say like, "How many stars did I get?" But what are the reviews? Like that that's worthwhile, and you should all go rate and review the podcast. But it's it's gratifying on a whole other level to see people making art about the conversations or inspired by the conversations that we've been having on this show. So thank you to everybody who's been getting creative there on hit record on the uh, creative processing project you can check that out at hitrecord.org slash creative processing the producers of the creative processing podcast are raymond way and lexi tankersley thanks to you guys audio produced by Kier schmidt thanks to cadence 13 and everyone at the hit record office and once again thanks to you for listening see you next week 